Let's talk politics. Let's talk emotion. Let's talk about other movies we've seen. Let's talk about popularity. Let's talk about this baseball. Let's talk solutions. Come on, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Good morning. Hello and welcome to the 23rd episode of Let's Talk, a podcast designed to promote and facilitate conversations for a better world. If you're just listening for the first time, first of all, thank you for being with me. I'm My name is Ryan Wangman. I am a 22-year-old writer and journalist from Chicago, Illinois, and it is a happy Monday here in Chicago, Illinois, recording from my bedroom early, early on this Monday morning. And I, I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, how I wanted to get started today is, you know, I'm about to go volunteer um, at at this uh, this nonprofit that my mom is a big part of called Digs with Dignity, which aims to um, basically provide homes for for those for under underprivileged people or, or un, sorry not underprivileged people in underserved communities and um, they do this by kind of repurposing old um, or donated you know furniture donated items and my, my mom's kind of the one of the interior designers who helps to to transform these spaces so me and uh, and my buddy Sam were about to go do that early this morning and that's actually going to be some of the podcast later this week so actually i have as, as i'm getting further into this i'm getting better at, at planning um what is to come so this week we got some cool podcasts on tap i'm hoping tomorrow and probably the next day i'm going to do a two-part series on digs with dignity so you're going to get to learn about this great chicago nonprofit um that's doing these 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 incredible things and you're going to get to kind of hear the story behind you know how this came to be and um and when where the organization is at now what, what i'm actually doing is helping them move um all their stuff from fr- some from some storage crates to um, a warehouse so it's gonna be it's gonna be a big task and i'm gonna be working probably i think eight hours today but i'm excited for it so that's probably gonna be the podcast for tuesday and wednesday also um i'm hoping to talk to a couple of my manchester united friends and get their takes on uh, man U qualifying for the champions league so that is also a podcast uh, that's going to come your way and then i have a couple interviews um, also set up um, with some Chicago-based nonprofits. So I'm really getting after it. I'm really trying to bring you all some amazing people. Um, and at the same time, also hoping to to give myself a little space to, to just read some of my writing because I've been doing a lot of personal writing recently. I, I, I released something pretty personal over the weekend and... Um, Initially, had a bunch of social media posts up about it, but then I, I guess I just took them down just because I, I felt a little self-conscious. But um, you know, if, if you've read, if you've read what I posted over the weekend, I think you know what I'm talking about. So um, eventually, one day I'll get to 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 reading that out loud. But but that day is not today. And today, I kind of wanted to go back to the old the old stomping grounds and read one of my most popular stories. And this is. This is my story that has to date received 325 views, which is pretty spectacular to me. And this story is to all the girls. And this is part one. And the beautiful thing about to all the girls part one is that it's just me, you know, 
talking about the first people that I ever, I don't know, that changed my, my perspective on all these things. So that's what I'm going to do today. That's the podcast episode. I'm going to read this. I know people have loved have loved reading this, and now you're going to get the soothing tones, the audio version of this story. So I hope you enjoy. Without further ado, here we go. One, Molly. C-O-O-T-I-E-S. Boys have cooties. That's what you told me when I chased you in your chopped brown pixie cut and loops around the playground every day and tried to kiss you. I don't remember if this was a common thing to do for the other six-year-old boys in our class, but I knew I was cuter than Ramon and Apollo, so I didn't know what the deal was. I understood the idea behind cooties, but to think that I had them? No way. I was the cleanest kid in our class, and I could not stand dirt. Anyway, the street our kindergarten classroom was on used to be the most important street in the entire world. It was one of two streets I was allowed to walk on without my parents watching. Buddy system still required. It also seemed to slope upward endlessly. When you were at the bottom of the hill near the school's main entrance, you could barely see the cars as they came over the ridge as parents rushed to drop their kids off for school. This was a big deal for Chicago. We don't have many hills, so this one was like a unicorn. You lived on that street. Your apartment was across the way from our school, and we went on so many playdates there. It was prettier than all the other apartments on the block, with white bricks on the outside and a freaking porch swing. A porch swing! It was easy to spot next to all the ugly old red brick buildings that lined the rest of the street. When I changed schools for first grade, my bus stop was at the school we went to together. We stopped going on playdates. I thought about you every time I would walk home from the bus stop and look across the street at your apartment. Sometimes I would see you walking down the sidewalk, and I wouldn't know what to say, so I would hide behind a tree or duck below my backpack and pretend not to see you. I'd watch you walk up the steps to your apartment and disappear inside. 2. See. My relationship with you spans the timeline of my life from first grade to now and my junior year of college. And similar to my relationship with the best city in the world, it's always centered around baseball and the Cubs. For every Chicago born and raised man, there's a decades long rite of passage a stone's throw away from the Addison Red Line. Stop. Pissing into a dull metal Wrigley Field bathroom trough behind excuse me, besides scores of overserved friends and enemies alike. I don't know who decided the rules to fully initiate into the ranks of Cubby baseball fandom. Upon entry, you need to be stoic, unmoving, avoid eye contact with the guys next to you, leave a few feet of space on either side, no more than a couple shakes to finish the job, and absolutely no second looks at the men living life on the edge who leave their beers perched precariously above the troughs. And when you've mastered the ritual and are finally part of the family, like scores of fathers and sons before you, there are more must-dos. Must-love. Number one, Harry Carey, bespectacled broadcaster. Number two, the dude selling bags of peanuts outside the gate, $2 a pop. Number three, go Cubs go. Hey Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs are going to win today. Number four. A best friend who cares about the game as much as you do. I met my number four, you, when I was in first grade. 
I was a huge t-ball player back then. Those were the days. The summer days where time stretched past the length of the thin white lines extending into the overgrown outfield grass and disappeared over the makeshift walls that made up the boundary. With no one else on the field except Buddy Ben, I would stand tall on the dusty pitcher's mound, my hat pulled down just above my eyes and my glove inches away from my nose. Ben would flash me a signal, and I'd shake it off. He knew my best pitch was my only pitch, a slow lobbed ball that I was lucky to get over the plate. We can't all be athletes, right? (laughs) It didn't matter to me, though. I'd pretend I could fire a fastball as quick as a Cy Young winner in the major leagues and would pump my fist every time I connected with Ben's glove behind the plate. I met you around the same time, passing you notes on Hello Kitty's stationery in class that asked you to rate how much you were in love with me, with options ranging from barely to deeply in love. You checked madly or deeply, and I remember slipping the note into my kid-sized metal desk alongside my pencil case and Tamagotchis, and smiling a smi- and smiling a shy smile at you. We hit it off pretty well, but it helped that your dad was also a huge fan of me. He used to joke that one day we'd end up marrying each other, which really grossed us out in our cootie phase. A huge baseball fan, he definitely instilled that love into you at a young age. I remember that in one of the first pictures we took together, you're rocking an oft-worn Cubbies pullover. I was always a little jealous of how much stock you put into your softball games, taking you out to buy new gear, and breaking down each of your performances. But I did owe the man some credit. After all, he inspired a love of baseball in you the same way my dad did of me, and I found a true diehard as a result. By now, I've gone to so many games with you that I've lost count. Time after time, we'd fall into the relaxing rhythm of the distinct summer sound of Wrigley. Isle vendors blaring, Get your beer here! The organ blaring, Take me out to the ball game. Our conversations melding into the general hum of excitement. Like a good Cubs fan, your favorite player was a fringe role player, Matt Merton, who was only on the team for a handful of seasons and was never very good. You raved about him constantly and thought he was very cute. Your go-to username always involved some version of Merton Girl. I just loved that you cared so much about baseball. Your dad would have too. Throughout the 2016 MLB playoffs, we watched almost every game together. Not physically in the same space, but texting or FaceTiming during nearly every inning. It was killing you to be hours away in a different state when it was happening, but you were happy to live vicariously through my celebrations in Wrigleyville after Game 6 of the NLCS, where the Cubs vanquished the Dodgers to make it to their first World Series in 71 years. You were as excited as I was for Game 5 of the World Series, which I attended, as we watched the Cubs snatch a victory from the jaws of defeat. But there was one particular game we didn't see together you couldn't make it back in time, that I would have given my right arm, and mind you, that's my dominant pitching arm, to have been with you for. November 2nd, 2016, World Series Game 7. Chris Bryant's throw from third base to first, completing a process 108 years in the making, felt like a knowing wink from a bleacher bum high above, slyly whispering, fuck your goat. 
the crisp smack of the rapidly rotating cowhide-covered ball connecting with the back of Anthony Rizzo's glove both affirming and denying the history before it, curses cast by disgruntled non-admitting billy goats, Buckner and Bartman balls, the lovable losers failing to do the thing they do best, there's always next year at last becoming next year, the valleys and mountains of the Cubby's success painstakingly reaching Everest's peak. So much in the exhale of a breath. I stood in the street, drunk on the palpable drunk on the palpable atmospheric ecstasy of the moment, drunk on the intimacy of pulling a stranger forty years my senior in an embrace, digging my fingertips into the sinews of his sweatshirt, drunk on the otherworldliness of a police sanctioned riot in the streets of a city, my city, and yes, drunk off of a few tall boy cans of PBR. The moment felt like a frenetic painting, a coked up artist's colorful rendering of utter mayhem. I remember falling to my knees with my hands pressed to my head, not just stunned by the improbability of the moment, but stunned that this moment, this singular moment, was both uniquely and solely my own, yet simultaneously a snapshot of history, capturing every person who had ever cared about the team. But something more important had happened before all of that. Before the victory, before the chaotic celebration in the streets. Before the screaming and hugging and kissing and shoving and climbing and whooping and dancing and singing. It happened in four simple words, if you can call them that. Scribbled in blue chalk before game seven on one of the bricks making up one of the stadium's outer walls. Before the game, my friends had hoisted me on their shoulders so I could reach one of the bricks that hadn't already been claimed by the eulogizers that had come before me. I bit my lip through tears. Four for my number four, just like you'd asked me to do. Four dad, heart C. Your dad never got the chance to see this. The Cubs never won the World Series when he was around. He never got the chance to scream and hug and kiss and shove and climb and whoop and dance and sing like this and I weep. A 13 year old girl said goodbye to her dad for the last time years and years ago and most times baseball is the only thing that allows me to even come close to coming to terms with that reality. I've never been able to understand the beautiful, wonderful, inescapable stupidity of baseball in my life. A game that features altogether meaningless statistics, blathering talking heads, and uninformed allegiances to mascots, cities, and color combinations. But I'm humbled by the magnitude of its power. I am humbled by how much a 24-year-old man throwing a ball about 127 feet across a dirt diamond has impacted my life. I am humbled that this wonderful, stupid game of swinging wooden sticks at balls can leave me sobbing wet, ugly tears, knowing that my friend, my best friend, saw a little piece of closure scribbled on the outer wall of Wrigley. So that's it. That's all for To All the Girls Part 1, and it's also that's excuse me and that is also it for the 23rd episode of to all the girls part one like usual if you've enjoyed this episode please share it 
the only way I can get bigger, the only way I can get better is if I grow. So I'm working, I'm steady on the grind each and every weekday. I'm putting out an episode and what I'm hoping is that word of mouth is going to continue to take this even bigger. So if you can do that, please share. If you would like to sponsor this show, that is also that is also something that you can do. You can email me at ryanwangman at gmail.com and we can, we can set something up. I'm trying to figure out the best place to have a sponsored segment. My dad has been trying to convince me of of putting an ad a a fake ad read in the in the middle of the show somewhere so i'm I'm working on figuring that out um and yeah just just continue to support me on on patreon as well if you want a bonus episode of let's talk each week um and uh, but until then if if you just want to keep listening if you just are here and you just you know this is a part of your morning routine that means the world to me so again have a fantastic day. I hope you enjoyed listening to that. I enjoyed recording and I always do. I enjoyed getting up each and every day and, and making this my dream, making this my passion. So get after your dream today. Get after your passion today and uh, hope you have a great one. See you tomorrow.